new drive with Goodman and Fry. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Back to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. I'm Terry Fry, author, journalist, and a bunch of other stuff. And that's Justin Adams from CBS4, who's there like Swiss Army knife. Oh, man. And they're early in the morning, too. Early in the morning. How early? Oh, my goodness. 3.30. Oh, gee. 3.45, 4 o'clock. You know, I always wanted to get in his TV, but that just drove me out. I mean, hey. <laughs> Look. Sometimes hey. sometimes I don't even come to until it's about like 7.30, and I'm like, wait, there was a morning show? You mean I, you're on I'm... from 3.30 to 7.30, and you're just coming to so, at so 7.30? We, yeah, we start at 4.30. Um, usually I'm on from 5 until like 7, and then we have the noon show. Um, but this week I've been anchoring, so my voice has been uh has been gone. Well, we appreciate yeah. you filling in with Ferrer. Man, you know I wouldn't miss this for the world. Eric Goodman is off getting married. Congrats, man. And we'll we, be back on Monday. Can we get a congratulations, by the way? Congratulations. Eric, Eric congratulations, man. Want to say best to Eric and man, Mandy. Best to you and Mandy. Um, hey, have a great and wonderful marriage, man. The wedding is one thing, it's a great celebration, but the marriage is where it's all all important. And so, man, pray for just a fruitful and a wonderful marriage. Here, here. You know, we were talking about uh, during the break and even on the air, the difference between the NBA finals, which I've covered. I've covered uh, the Celtics, Lakers, game seven in the Boston Garden. Oh. That was a blast. Uh, covered both leagues in their finals. The difference still remains the NBA's willingness to promote stars and the NBA's, NBA's kind of tentative dipping their finger in the water Finally, getting the concept of promoting the oh stars NHL is good. NHL the finally NHL, what yeah, yeah, yeah yeah the NHL is finally getting it uh, promoting Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Sidney Crosby back in the days when he was the best player in the league and uh, now Connor McDavid they're promoting the stars is the NHL late to the party they are yeah they have been late to the party um, but you know what at least they're showing up. You know, I, I come late to a lot of parties, to be honest with you. <laughs> How late do you stay? Man, I stay for like 10 to 15 minutes. There's there's a whole lot of temptation out there for a married man. Um, but then I leave with usually, if depending on what the party is, I leave with a plate of food, too. But that's neither here nor there. But are I Are you going to have ribs again while you're watching the game? You better believe I will have ribs. Come on, man. Superstitious as ever. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. Got, gotta I be. thought of that. Um, but, but look. I'm glad to see that the NHL is starting to understand that you can't promote your stars, but still go and have the team aspect as well, because people want to be attached to stars. And I think even so much more so in this type of series where you have the two best teams, the two teams that you have one is looking to win three in a row. You have another that's starting to, we talk about dynasty a lot, who's starting to, who wants to get their own dynasty started. I mean, Nathan McKinnon, he's in the meat of his prime. Kel McCarr is not even in his prime yet. Gabriel Landeskog McCarr is in his prime. McCarr is 23 years old. So, I mean, you have all this going on right now. And so it's a, it's a tremendous storyline. It's something that should be talked about more. The only thing I would say for the NHL now is, especially with that you're with ESPN, is you got to get on these shows, the first takes, whatever it is. You got to get on those Does that shows. Mean, do they have to go on there and yell hot takes. I mean, look, uh, look, it's <sighs> neither here nor there on a hot take show. But we're going to get a little deeper into the hockey aspect yeah. of this. The, but Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. 
Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. The hockey mentality is that you ask a guy a question when you say you, meaning you, you, Justin Adams. Right, 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 right. They always turn it to answering a question as if you means the team. And you almost always have to interject. This is the case with Nathan McKinnon. This is the case with Darcy Kemper. You almost have to interject, no, I mean you personally. That's the hockey mentality. I think it's not phony. Right. It's part of the culture of the sport. And I think they overdo it a little bit sometimes because it underestimates our intelligence a little bit sometimes. Yeah, especially with journalists, right? We get it. Where, look, you want to talk about the team so badly, and I get it. It's a team sport and all that. But at the end of the day, individuals (laughs) score goals too, right? And so... You keep scoring the game. Right. And so you have to go and say, what do you have to do? I'll tell you one thing, too. Um, in the second period, when the Avs gave up two goals in 48 seconds, um, and I get it. It was a tremendous play by Tampa Bay, but your team has to be able to hustle. Your team has to be able to uh, forecheck a lot better in the second period. Against St. Louis, the Avs were tremendous in the second period. That's where they won that series. They're going to have to be that type of team in this one. Well, we've addressed kind of the differences and the similarities between Jared Bednar and John Cooper. Mm-hmm. John Cooper is the longest tenured head coach in the NHL right now. Jared Jared Bednar is third. It's his seventh season. He's, he's already number three, which is a testament to how the NHL treats its coaches with as like disposable razors or something like that. And not not even good disposable razors. You know, right. the, the bad ones that scrape your face. You mean the ones that I use on TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah those suck. I think they're 29 yeah. cents. That's the way they treat their coaches. But uh, John Cooper's a former lacrosse player more so than a hockey player. Jared Bednar paid his dues through coaching and playing in the ECHL, other pro minor leagues, and not not really having worked a day in the National Hockey League until he took over from Patrick Watt. So it's been very interesting to notice the coaches' uh, dues-paying backgrounds, and I think people can root for them. Uh, John Cooper the other night was almost almost matter of fact about, well, you know, we lost the game. They were better than us. They're pretty good. Their side gives scholarships too. Um, and we've been there, done that, and we're going to be okay. Were you buying any of that? Yeah, especially when you have a team that's lost the first game. And what I believe it was six of the 11, like five of the 11 or six of the 11 uh, series that they have when they on this back-to-back run and they came back and won. Um, so they're not concerned. They're not worried at all. They'll make their adjustments. And even if they lose game two, just like they did against the New York Rangers, they're a confident bunch to know that they could come back home and they could be able to get a game, get another game, take the momentum, understand the importance of game five, and win that game or make it really competitive. And, you know, again, pressure bust pipes, right? Put all the pressure back on you with the series tied up at two apiece and be able to get this W and hold, um, and be able to hoist the, uh, the Stanley Cup. This series is going to be t- two to two after four games. No no doubt in my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I agree. It, I it, agree. Could be, it could be splitting each place or it could be home ice advantage holding. So that's something we'll find out over the next few days. It's going to, I think it's going to go seven games and we'll find out then the real – that is when the home ice advantage for Game 7 will be paramount. Mm-hmm. It's uh, what the 2001 team had against the Devils. and But here's the thing, though, with that one, though. That thing should have been done in well, Terry, the, Terry, you were there. New Jersey, uh, Larry Robinson, the coach, said, you know, we lost, this, we lost this series in Game 6. Yes, they did. 
and uh, they they had Patrick Waugh was tremendous early in the game at New Jersey. The Avalanche should have been behind three or four to nothing, and they weren't. Patrick kept them in, and then they came back and won the game. Came back and won the game. A nasty goal by Adam Foot at the blue line near the blue line just got in. Somehow that slap shot gets through, and then it totally changes everything. Changes the tenor of the game and the series and. Avs come back home in Game 7, focus, ready to go. Alex Tangay got two, two goals. goals. And then Joe Sackick still with one of the best goals I've ever seen. Well, I thought you were going to talk about his handoff. Oh, well, that too. But, I mean, Joe Sackick's goal. I mean, to go between the legs of... Martin Brodeur. But, Martin Brodeur, but as Scott Stevens first, mm-hmm. right? Um, Hall of Famer. I mean, enforcer. That guy was ridiculous. To go between his legs... And let's go top shelf where Martin Brodeur, he didn't even see that. No, he didn't see that at all. Ridiculous. The handoff from Joe Sackick to Ray Bork is in the lore of the franchise, lore mm-hmm. of the league. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did a story for Mile High Sports Magazine, uh, an omnibus interview with Joe Sackick last year. We should have been smoking cigars and drinking scotch because it was just two guys sitting around talking. And so I, I implore Avalanche fans to try to find that online. Uh, if you could just search for it, you probably can. But he told an interesting story. I asked him about ha- handing the Stanley Cup over to Ray Bork. It was a touch pass. Gary Bettman gave it to Joe Sackett. He didn't raise it. He just handed it to Ray, to Ray Bork. And I asked about that, and Joe kind of said, i got to confess, uh, I probably wouldn't have done that if we hadn't won the Stanley Cup before and had the, the, the 1996 first-time feeling of hoisting the Cup. If he hadn't had that, it was going to be the first time he ever hoisted the Cup. He probably would have probably would have not have done that with Ray Bork in the 2001. And he said he went on the plane ride back from New Jersey after the game six. He approached Ray and kind of tentatively brought up the subject of, of, you know, Ray, we might have a chance. And he cut him off. Joe, he was very superstitious. He just don't even go there. Don't (laughs) talk about that. And then Joe also said he probably wouldn't have done it if he hadn't hoisted the cup before. But I still think that's the most adept handoff in Denver sports history. Yeah. And Ray Bork, uh, the, the pictures of Ray Bork, eyes glistening as he raised the cup, yeah. are just worth it, are worth the price of admission. So his, his son crying, too, in the background. It's a great shot. Um, I mean, he's just a, one of the greatest moments, honestly, in NHL history. You see the list of, um, you know, handoffs, so you see the list of uh, Stanley Cup um, hoist, and that's always number one. And so... It's a great moment, but you know what else could be a great moment? What could be a, nut, a great moment? Is if the Avs are able to do it again. Nathan McKinnon, um, Gabriel Landeskog, this group, if they're able to do it this year, that'll be another great moment. But look. Who would he hand the Who would, who think, would, who would Gabriel Landeskog? I think Eric Johnson would get that. Yeah, I do too. Eric Johnson would get He's that. He's the longest yeah. tenured member of the Avalanche. Yeah. He joined them just before Gabriel Landeskog has been up and down with injuries, been a, been a good soldier through a lot of things. And so, yeah, I think that if they do a handoff, That'd be it. He's not. A, he's not. Uh, he doesn't have an A on his jersey either, mm-hmm. or C, but he'd still deserve it. You know, have you noticed who else is? There's been a lot of people joining the Avalanche bandwagon. Okay, some famous big time names, and we'll talk about that after the, after this. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. 
presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. We're coming down the home stretch of our two days together. It's been fun, Justin. Always. Always a pleasure, my man. He's Justin Adams. I'm Terry Fry. Eric still, Goodman is going to be back on Monday. Still waiting for that Wheat Ridge shirt, by the way. But okay. Yeah, it's neither here nor there. Well, I'll there. wear it on Monday. No, I, I won't. Well, I'm going to be in Tampa, actually. So that, that would be an interesting trick. Yeah. The next time we're together, I will wear it for sure. I promise. You can watch us at milehighsports.com. You can reach us via the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry and at Justin Adams TV. Or you can call or text us at 303 831 1340. We've talked a lot about how the bandwagon's getting crowded for the Avalanche. You know, and the proprietary hockey fans, I think for the first time in, in, in these three playoff three appearances in the Stanley Cup final, 96, 2001, and now the big difference is I think the fans, the hockey first fans now are saying, Come on aboard. Come right. On aboard. right, 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 right. Yes, saying, yes, yes. They're not saying, where were you before? <clears throat> right. They're not saying to the media even, right. uh, you, sh- you don't cover hockey enough, but now you're talking about it. How the hell can you be qualified to talk about hockey? And so I think it's really uh, it's really changing, and it's almost fun. Uh, the negative to that is the ticket price. Yeah. The, the, res- oh, the resale. I think it's a completely mm. different ca- crowd in the arena now let me look than, than for the regular season. Are you going to buy some? I mean, you're in TV. You can I am afford a TV. it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I could afford it. We were it. talking about the big money in TV. I also got some babies. I'll tell you that. I can't afford that with them. What what site are you looking at, sir? I'm looking at Ticketmaster right now. So going on Ticketmaster. Um, all right, all right. Thought of guess, Danny. Danny, guess cheapest ticket right now, Ball Arena. Cheapest two. ticket, five hundred seventy dollars. Right, five hundred seventy dollars. All right. Hey, wait a minute. The fix was in on that one. All right. Did, did you look that up already? No. Why? Okay. Is that close? No. I mean, I'm, I, my my app is is having issues. Okay. Oh. So you say five hundred and seventy. Yeah. Okay. But how about a site like StubHub? But we'll go to StubHub next. Okay. But what, what, what do you have now for Ticketmaster? But what do you think, Terry? What, what I think? Yeah. Seven fifty. Okay, you're just off. Six hundred and ninety-five dollars, the cheapest ticket. And you have to buy two. Don't forget that. See, that's the other thing too. Is that you have to buy two. You, you just can't to? buy one. I didn't know that. Yes. You have to buy two. You just don't buy one anymore. So now you, you add that up, six ninety five, pretty much seven hundred, fourteen hundred dollars, and we're not even talking about taxes and fees. So I think a lot of people in the arena it's, it's a completely different crowd than on a Tuesday night for Columbus. For sure. And I don't know if that's good or bad. But it's funny, they were talking about how great the Denver crowd has been, blah, blah, blah. They've been great all year. Uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, you never hear a player say, boy, our crowd's terrible. <laughs> they always go. They, they, naive media person always asks, what about that crowd? Wasn't it great? How many times have you ever heard an athlete say, no? They <laughs> always say, oh, they're great. We love them and blah, blah, blah. But they're in this, awful. In this case, it's a completely different crowd. I don't know if that's good or bad. Right. But I think it also raises that it's one of those, well, 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 what would it take? If you're a season ticket holder. Yeah. You sell, let's say you bought the four, the four games, the four home games. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how that works. You get a, you get a, you're buying a package, obviously. Yeah. Um, playoff game A, playoff game B, playoff right. game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
do you sell one or two of the finals tickets? I mean, you to have pay to pay for your tickets for next year. You have to sell two, don't you? I mean, I mean, that's what I see right now from Ticketmaster. Um, you know, we'll we'll search on StubHub later on. Um, but I mean, look, I don't blame you if you choose to do that, especially on a Saturday, uh, to make up some of the money that you paid for with your season tickets. But also remember this: this is the first time that has happened in. 21 years that you get an opportunity like this. And so you got to be there. You got to experience a great moment. And I think more fans would actually want to be at the game, especially off of what happened in game one. The Tivoli quad is an interesting social experiment. Yeah. I, wonder, I, I wonder if uh, is it now it's on a weekend. It's going to be a Saturday game. Well, all right, Terry, I, I need your help. I'm thinking of going there. What do you think? Yes or no? It's supposed to be hot. I'd say no. Okay. I mean, you, your choice is watching it at home. Right. Getting dinner cooked for you. Right. Watching with your kids and your wife. Right. Or standing up among, among a bunch of people who, in many cases, are inebriated. Uh, may throw up on you. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, go. That sounds like fun. Yeah, sounds like my type of people right there, baby. Well, I think you, this came up. The other, the other possibility now is they're going to have watch parties at Ball Arena for games three and four. Mm-hmm. And it's $20 to go to Cronkies Sports Charities. Right. And by the way, indirectly nudges me in the direction of, we talked a little bit yesterday what Gary Bettman said uh, about various issues. Um, one of them being that Val Nichushkin, if the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup, Val Nichushkin will not be allowed to, if he wanted to, mm-hmm. even if he, I don't know whether he wants to or not. I don't know any of that. But he will not be allowed to take the Stanley No player will be allowed to have the Stanley Cup in Russia to celebrate in defying the tradition of the NHL with winners being allowed to take have the Stanley Cup in their homeland, home area, and show it off one day for each player. So Valentushkin will not be able to do that. That was one of the things Gary Bettman said. Mm-hmm. But he was also asked about the, the, the Comcast altitude situation here again. He had, he had spoken about it a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks ago, on his last trip through for a playoff game. And he said the same thing yesterday that he said before, is that call Comcast, gripe to Comcast, Comcast. It's all Comcast's fault. Uh, you know, I, I find that pretty lame and empty now uh, because it's very clear that it's a business fight among two titans, or two or more titans, depending on how you define the ownership of, of both entities, Comcast and KSE. Uh, the, the league could have been more forceful in my mind in stepping in and trying to get this done. Well, you know, it's interesting because if they're more forceful, again, Gary Bettman, he's working for the owners. The owners. But if he's forceful, then you also have to talk about what happened with Madison Square Garden, right? Their yeah. network, right? And then there's other. Even Dallas Los Sports. Angeles is having problems. Exactly. And so I think this is something that's going to happen throughout the country. And it's just a new way of how TV is being done. And so long and short of it for fans, they just want to watch the games. And they want to be able to watch the games freely. Um, you know, with the subscriber that they're paying for. So hopefully something will be able to get done sooner rather than later so that people can be able to watch this product. But that might be one of the main reasons why numbers are jumping up, especially in the Stanley Cup final. There are people who haven't been able to watch this team, and now they get an opportunity to see Nathan McKinnon, to see Kel McCarr, to see this team, you know, to see, um, you know, just how this team really looks out there and, and the depth of this team and how good they are. So... Um, that's something that's really exciting, and it's bringing a lot of revenue to the city as well. You know, the Avalanche are four and one in in the, in overtime in the playoffs, mm-hmm. 
It, is, it really is one of the greatest phenomena in sports in that you're sitting on the edge of your seat knowing that somebody can score any second. Yeah. And you're also knowing, in defiance of the regular season format, you're also knowing we could be here till 2 in the morning. Yes. In yes, and it's a heart attack until 2 in the morning. Look, this, this is one of the main reasons why, um, and I have no problem saying it, hockey has the best playoffs. Like, the hockey has the best atmosphere. Well, because playoffs. of their also because of their unpredictability. Exa- and goal, that's the main the, reason why. excuse much of it. Yes. But it also you, you anybody could win. Because you're virtually you're, anybody can you're win. on the edge of your seat, literally. From when you walk into the building, you're on the edge of your seat. And, and I, it's I so don't much know fun. I don't know how many years you can you can say I'd say roughly fifty percent of the years you can look at the finals and say those are the two best teams. But there's also a charm to the fact that the other 50% of the time, you can say those aren't the two best. Teams. Exactly. The NBA almost never can say that. Right, 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 right. You, it's, it's predictable. And that doesn't mean that the Warriors' victory wasn't breathtaking or exciting mm-hmm. or, or praiseworthy. It was. It's just different. Yeah, it is different. And, you know, in many respects, you look at Phoenix, right? They were that team that had the best record. They had everybody coming back. You thought, okay, they'll be that team. And then they got blown to Bits at home, game seven. Uh, game seven by Luca and crew, and then Luca gets blown out by Golden State. So that's the unpredictability there in the um, in the NBA. But again, I mean, and, and, and Terry, I think you were there for the AFC Championship game, the last one here for the Broncos when they beat the Patriots. I believe so. Uh, yeah. Twenty to eighteen. That was a tremendous, and I mean a tremendous crowd. A great feel. I mean, the skin was literally like crawling on your body. I mean, it was so much fun. But still, man, Stanley Cup final, NHL playoffs. I just wish that they, I mean, I want to say I wish that they promoted it better. I just wish that there was just a greater connection to the common fan, common sports fan with the NHL because, I mean, for people who don't watch, I mean, you're missing out on a great product. So uh, did you notice that Sierra and Russell Wilson were among the bandwagon riders the other night? They've always there, baby. Isn't it kind of cool when other athletes from other sports get excited about other sports? I love it. I absolutely love it. Especially when, you know, you got a guy like Russell Wilson who is endearing himself to the Denver sports fans already. Dalton Reiser. Um, Yeah, Dalton Reiser, all the rest of the guys. By the way, Russ, he had his his youth camp today, and apparently over 500 kids were there. Wow. Um, so it's great to see him just endearing himself. Obviously, we know what he did with Children's Hospital two days before the trade was even final. So everything's great. Everything sounds good. But here's the reality, Terry. Training camp starts on July 27th. I oh, mean, boy. it really starts in a month. Everything starts up. Terry, we, Terry, Terry, we are five weeks away from football. Does season. that mean the media breathtakingly analyzed Russell Wilson's every pass? Dude, you know that will happen. Yes, I do. All the time. Oh, this one got tipped today. This what one a got catch! Intercepted, right? Oh, man. Twitter's made it worse because of their attempts to do play-by-play. It really from is. training camp. Yeah, it's, it's poor. But it, look, look, it's the reality of this is that what Russ has done um, so far to go in come to Denver, come to a new city, come to a new town, and be able to endear himself to the fans is a great thing to see. But you know what people really want to see? W's. And that's what they want to see, and that's what has to happen in the first game against Seattle. You know what the most interesting thing about Russell Wilson to me is he could have been turning double plays for the Rock. I know. And so there's another team still playing in town. Let's see, we got the Avalanche. We got the Broncos about to go into camp and see. I'm trying to think who else there is. Mm, Who's out there? We'll talk about that when we come back.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Back to the afternoon drive with the Goodman and Fry. It's Terry Fry and Justin Adams. I'm at T Fry on Twitter. And Justin is at Justin Adams TV. And Eric will be back on duty on Monday after getting married Saturday. Yeah. So good. The be- again, the best to Eric and Mandy. And man, enjoy marriage, man. How long have you been married for? And I got to do the math. Oh, boy. 36 years. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Do, do we have like any applause out there? Can we get that again, man? Say it again. 36 years to Helen. That is impressive. Okay. I mean, I don't know if my wife want to wash my dirty drawers for 36 <laughs> years, but I mean, congratulations. You know, another team's still playing. Yeah. We thought maybe there was some hope, some hope after a four and three road trip. And again, we're kind of laughing that four and three road trips seemed like a big deal. Big right. Accomplishment. Right. 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 But they were coming back. I really thought they were the Rockies were uh, coming back, but now they're now they're struggling uh, after getting swept by the Guardians. That's almost hard to say yeah. anymore. But uh, and now one of their best stories, reliever Tyler Kinney is uh, is going to undergo surgery mm-hmm. to repair his damaged right elbow. Uh, Bud Black, the manager, said it's an elbow sprain and te- flexor flexor tendon tear. And so he went on the 15-day disabled list on Sunday, retroactive to Thursday. So he was one of the best stories in an otherwise kind of up and down or even desultory year. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you remember when the Rockies were kind of counted on to provide some diversion between the end of the Nuggets slash Avalanche playoff seasons yeah. and the, the opening, the much ballyhooed, when's, when's camp opening again? Uh, July 27th. Are, are the tr- trucks there yet to start? camping out at oh no they're not there yet but uh russ probably has a couple of trucks out there already okay knowing him yeah yeah he's ready to go so we counted on them to provide diversion and and maybe some excitement but it it doesn't look like even that's going to happen no it's not going to happen um and it is what it is and i'm even looking at this team and i'm thinking of who would be the all-star right because everybody gets an all-star um in in major league baseball and whether you like it or not that happens and I'm actually glad they still do that, to be honest with you. Um, I think that's the only question left, is who would be the all-star? I mean, the Rockies, well, they have Chris Bryant. No, I mean, you can make the argument for C.J. Crone. He has 14 home runs this year. My man strikes out a lot, though. He has 74 strikeouts. No, I think it's got to be Crone. You know, he's given them two good years now. Uh, yeah, C.J. Crone. Um, I was thinking with this team. He's here on a, he signed, they got him basically on a make good deal. Yeah, they did. So he's really been a, a revelation. CJ Crow, man. He had hit home <laughs> runs in his previous stops. Right. But it, he wasn't expected to be able to continue it. Of course, it's the Coors Field phenomenon, too. It is. It is. Uh, Daniel Bard is another guy as well, man. 2.05 ERA. Um, you know, he's a guy who is, uh, he has 13 saves this year. Um, I mean, so he's another good story that could happen. But, I mean, really, that's it, it, this This is the Colorado Rockies. And with the Colorado Avalanche and what they're doing in the Stanley Cup final, I mean, the reality is this. If the Avs win the Stanley Cup, we could be talking about them through the end of June, right? Yeah. 
So then you go and start with July. It's going to be a regular season next year. I mean, in terms of the calendars. Yes. Off season is going to be very short. Very, very short. So, I mean, a lot of, you know, Nathan, take a couple of days off. Kale, you don't need to play. (laughs) Nathan McKinnon always films uh, Tim Horton's commercials with Sidney Crosby. Right, right, right. That'll be his entire off season. Exactly. You might see a couple of guys from, uh, you know, the team up north and in the AHL pretty much playing for the Avs, to say the least. But, um, Look, I mean, the reality is, is that the Rockies, they, they've missed their window. They, they've missed their window of, of importance in Colorado because you had a great chance at opening day. You, you're not a winning baseball team. You're 10 games under 500, and people will move on, especially when there's the excitement of Russell Wilson in training camp. Should we be considered saps for going out to see the Rockies play? No, no. I mean, it's a look, going out, and I used to be that guy who was like, You were. I you was know. that guy. Well, the Rockies, they won't go and invest in this, that, and the other. Look. I treat the Rockies like I do, um, I don't want to say the circus, but in many respects, it kind of feels that way. Um, look, when I go and see Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey and all that other stuff, <laughs> I just want to be entertained. Ringling, Ringling well, Brothers, Barnum & Bailey fold. films. So I'll put, all right, when, I, when, when I want to see like the Harlem Globetrotters, okay. okay, I want to go and be entertained. I think that's even a more apt comparison, right? I just want to go and be entertained. There's nothing wrong with that. I want to go somewhere, have a great time with the family, create some memories, and go home. I don't really care about who wins that game. I would love to see that the Rockies. Do you keep win the score? Game. That's a true test. No, I don't. I don't keep score. I used to. But so I mean, are the Rockies then the Washington Generals, who play against the Harlem Globetrotters? The Washington Generals lost every game, though. Every game. I guess we're no, we're not. We're I mean, not at that point yet. Terry, the Rockies are ten games of the five hundred. So you know, <laughs> they could be that team. But I mean, it's just it, it, they are what they are, and um, you know, you hope that. You know, Herman Marquez, he has a, you know, over six ERA. You hope that could change. You hope a lot of other things can happen. There still is time um, for the Rockies to be able to turn things around, but I don't think they have the manpower in order to do so. There's another baseball team near and dear to your heart. Mm-hmm. And that's, you you identified as as your favorite yes. story. Yes. Was a story on the Denver White Owls. Yes, yes. Um, I absolutely love uh, the opportunity. Who are the Denver White Elephants? Denver White Elephants, they're the longest-lasting all-black baseball team in Denver. Uh, They started in 1920, um, and they went all the way to the 1940s. They stopped for a little bit, and then they came right back. Um, And they were extremely important. Um, They, um, on their roster, had a guy by the name of Theodore Bubbles Anderson. Bubbles. Bubbles Anderson, baby. Um, And and I'm really, you know, we're both on the uh, Colorado Sports Hall of Fame committee. And I'm really working mm-hmm. hard in order to get him there because he is the only Denver native, the only Denver native to play in the Negro Leagues. And he did so as a teenager. So you think about this, Roy Campanella, Kep- uh, he was a teenager when he played in the Negro Leagues. So to have guys like that, right, who were able to play in such a great league, um, it means something. And it should be honored as well um, in the Colorado Sports Hall of Fame. But um, they were very important, played in the Denver Post Tournament. And without the Denver Post Tournament, we don't have integration in baseball. I the Denver, Denver Post Tournament in, I believe it was 1934, they were the first baseball tournament in American history to be integrated. I told the story of Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel John Mosley, mm-hmm. who uh, was a Denver native, Yep, mm-hmm. and talked about the integration, the segregation of those days when he was growing up in Denver. And he, he uh, became CSU's first black football player uh, yeah, of the modern era. There were some turn-of-the-century type. And he ended up being a Tuskegee Airman. He also wrestled. And I really enjoyed, and I was very gratified and proud of telling his story 
which which uh, led to him being inducted into the Colorado Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah. So we've done similar stories. And do you think, is there still room in television and journalism media for those kinds of in-depth stories, or is it all sound bites, hot takes, lightweight stuff? People would always want to tune in for a great story. It just depends on if you're telling it well. Um, people would always want to tell it. I believe, um, and this is the way that I treat my career, mm-hmm. is that I could talk to anyone in this room. Um, I could talk to anyone at a bus stop. I could talk to anyone to have a New York uh, New York Times uh, bestseller mm-hmm. because that's how compelling everyone's story is. Everyone has a great story, um, whether you have accomplished a lot or not. Everyone has a compelling story. So I think there will always be something out there, but you have to be gripping enough in your storytelling. I teach journalism, and I, one of the speeches I give every year is, is, as you're walking across campus, look around. Mm-hmm. Look at everybody. And they go, that person has a story. Yes. That young man has a story. Yes. That young woman has a story. Well, in fact, age diversity is one of the strengths of MSU Denver, so it's not necessarily young men and young women. And in fact, you can see somebody of, of uh, who's older and, and wonder what the story is there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But be curious and, and keep your eyes open, your ears open. Look for even a silly line in a media guide. Say, wait a minute here. You know, my father was a head football coach at Oregon, mm-hmm. and his media guide bio said, Jerry played college football at Wisconsin in 1942, 1946, and 1947. He played football with the late Dave Schreiner, Pat Harder, and Crazy Legs Hirsch. But after graduating from Wisconsin in 1948, Jerry, comma, dot, 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 not one reporter, to the best of my knowledge, ever said, Jerry, what were you doing? You were... You played in 42, 46, and 47. What were you doing in those three years? And, of course, he was a P-38 fighter pilot. Wow. In the Pacific. Wow. So, yes, storytelling. And I, I told his story myself when I was at the Denver Post, one of the best stories I ever, ever did, by sitting down with my father very late in his life and saying, Dad, tell me about it. Because we'd never really talked about it in depth. So storytelling still is, a, is a, I hope, alive and doing well uh and it isn't just sound bites and it isn't just hot takes and it isn't just uh uh glossing over the surface yeah yeah i love it so danny what do we got coming up on uh argonaut wine and liquors just in case you missed it two big stars in tennis making their returns to wimbledon also uh, we've got a new salary cap in the nhl and a big time movie coming out today we'll talk about all that on the other side right here on afternoon drive with adams and fry on mile high sports Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry. I'm Terry Fry, and that's Justin Adams. We're coming down the stretch, and we've re- really, really enjoyed it. Before we forget, uh, it's just been a pleasure being with you the last, being with you the last couple. Of I, days. Terry, I appreciate it as well. And uh, you know what? I think 
even the last segment just hit several different things, man. I wish we had more time to be able to talk about just storytelling because that's why we got into the business. Um, because <laughs> you're not making that much money, but um, storytelling. Well, wait a minute, you're in TV. Well, look, well, look, I, true. Still trying to get some more pennies, nickels, and dimes as I can, but it's about storytelling. It's about um, telling a great story from beginning, middle, and the end and being captivating, um, even if it's in, you know, sometimes 75 seconds, a minute, a couple minutes. Um, just the opportunity to be able to talk about that was really refreshing, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was I cool. really enjoyed it. Yeah. We got to do it again. Let's do it. Now it's time for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, Rafael Nadal has announced his intention to play at Wimbledon for the first time in three years. Rafa is fresh off his 14th French Open title this month. He's the king of clay. Uh, Serena Williams, seven-time Wimbledon champion, will also be returning to the grass courts after finishing second in 2018 and 2019. Uh, Nadal has won the event only twice, 2008 and 2010. If you had to pick one of those two stars to go farther in the tournament, who would you pick? Serena in the women's side or Nadal in the men's? I'll take Serena. I don't understand the difference between the two surfaces being so important. Uh, Serena plays pretty well on both, I think. Nadal is the king of clay. Yeah, right. he he's he's only really good on clay. <laughs> I don't understand the difference. Nobody's ever properly explained it to me. I guess one is faster than the other, obviously. I would imagine so. Yes, so I'm I'll, not a I'm not a real tennis uh, savant, so I don't know. Well, I'll take Serena. Yeah, the only thing I know about each service is that it makes your shoes dirty. Your tennis shoes <laughs> they get so dirty so quickly, especially that clay. Uh, give me Serena. Serena Williams. She'll go further. All right, uh, just in case you missed it, NHL salary cap set at $82.5 million for 2022-2023. The first increase in three years looking at some of the other leagues. The NFL salary cap is $208.2 million. They obviously have a lot more players. Uh, the NBA salary cap, however, they have fewer players on the roster. It's $122 million. Uh, does this low cap number, do you think that that makes... NHL players feel slighted or are hockey players as you discussed earlier with the turning questions about me into questions about the team are they maybe more humble in general and not so caught up in how much money they're getting paid? I don't know if it has so much to do with humility as as the fact that they just kind of accept the system they, the players the NHL got through a dark season and then another lockout in 2013 got what they wanted a, an inflexible hard salary cap that's the biggest difference it isn't just numbers it's the fact that that the NHL salary cap is so inflexible and so hard. Even when Nathan McKinnon signed, I think it was a six-year, $43 million or $42 million deal. I remember being on the conference call with him after it was announced, and, and he said, you know, I never dreamed. I never dreamed. This is just ridiculous money to me. I never dreamed of this uh, and how proud he was. And 
he just he was not he was not giddy. He was just saying that that this is a tremendous tremendous amount of money, and it, it turned out that his contract is he's the most underpaid player in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. And his contract is coming up, and the Avalanche will be able to talk to him about an extension once the Stanley Cup finals are over. So it's going to be interesting the way it turns out. That's a long way of saying I think hockey players understand the nature of the system and have have accepted the hard the hard salary cap after basically being getting the heck kicked out of them in the collective bargaining part of coming up with the collective bargaining plan. Nobody wants to see the momentum of this uh, this league go back to um, a lockout. But the main thing about this for me is this is that they're starting to make money as. We're not out of the pandemic. I know there was was in a television phase, but the television contract helps out a whole lot. So they're able to bump up that salary cap will help out immensely for each team in the NHL. You understand the NBA salary cap? I don't. All these mid-level exceptions. Yeah, I know. And if your cousin have ever sold peanuts in an arena. And you have to go and pay the tax and all that stuff. I know it's just weird, but it is what it is in that one. The main thing is this, is that the Avalanche have another million dollars they could be able to spend to keep somebody. Maybe a Nazem Kadri if somebody. Or you got to save up all that money. Pay Nathan Darcy McKinnon. Camp. How about Darcy Camper? His yeah, contract's up. Yeah, yeah, he's, um, yeah, we can keep that moving. Or maybe there's a goalie out there looking for a change of scenery that the Avs could attract with a little extra money. It Who could knows? be. Who knows? Could be. Uh, just in case you missed it, Lightyear hit theaters today, the origin story of the hero who inspired the Space Ranger action figure Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story. Uh, what sports figure... Would you enjoy seeing an origin story movie about? Willie Mays. He's got a fascinating background uh, growing up in the South, uh, playing in playing Negro Leagues. Playing Negro Leagues, yep. Yep, yep, yep. I grew up on the West Coast in, in Oregon, and if you grew up on the West Coast and were athletically minded and a baseball fan, Willie Mays was your hero. There really wasn't much much doubt about that. And I, I, told, I was telling Justin during the break that I had interviewed Muhammad Ali. I had covered everything. I had covered... I'd followed around NFL players, Hall of Famers for profiles for the sporting news. I even followed around Shaquille O'Neal for a week doing his story on how he swore, he swore he was going to get good at free throws. <laughs> it didn't happen. That was a nice cover story in the sporting news. Uh, it was really kind of funny. But Willie Mays, to me, when I met him, he was a consultant uh, for the Giants and also was doing some work in Las Vegas. When I met him, I was like Ralph Cramden on the Honeymooners. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I had talked to all these great athletes when I saw Willie Mays. I think this is the case with everybody with the athletes they grew up with. When you see those people in person, shake their hand, say hello, talk to them, even around a batting cage. In yeah, Phoenix with, yeah. With Willie Mays is when I did it. One of the times I did talk to him, I was tongue-tied. But what, what it does, it makes you a kid again. It does. Who made you a kid again? Uh, you know what? When I think about people that made me a kid again, um, I have been able to uh, speak with Ken Griffey. I didn't mention this. Spoke with Ken Griffey Jr. Um, at the All-Star Game. Um, the, um, they were having several different events and saw Ken Griffey, and I was like, What a great guy. Dude, you're Ken Griffey Jr. Like, do, do you know that you're Ken Griffey Jr.? And it just brought me back to day one. It was just amazing. You know what was amazing about him was a negative kind of that he was one of the he was a baseball player you looked at and never had one suspicion never, for a second never. that he was involved with, nope. with performance-enhancing drugs. And he was I covered him some in Seattle. Even when he was very young, he was unaffected. And he, they're, they're, his head's on straight. 
one of the best players ever to do it. And you can make the argument, Willie Mays, King Griffey Jr. Griffey, did he ever get a ring or did he go ringless? I think he went ringless. Wow. Just shows you how difficult it is in order to win it all. And what Golden State did last night is impressive. And hopefully what the Avs could do in a week and a half, be able to get a ring of their own. Well, the next time we talk about it, the Avalanche, when you and I get together, the Avalanche, the parade might have just ended. That's right. We'll, we'll have to see. Well, it's been fun, Justin. Eric's going to be back on Monday. Thanks, Danny. Thanks to everybody. And have a good weekend. And if you do go to the Avalanche, uh, the, the, Tivoli, the Tivoli Quad, yeah. uh, hope you have fun. And and remember, they have watch parties at, at uh, Ball Arena for games three and four. Great talking to everybody. We've enjoyed it and have a good weekend. Before the politics that we know the rap game. And back when ain't nobody listened to my mixtape. And back before I tried to cover up my slang. But this is whole decade of what's up, Bobby Ray. 